All right. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Gambit podcast. I am Solo Base 15. I'm here with my good friend, Zareth. We are coming at you live on the day of the Beskar Mando uh, release. So not really much to talk about, huh, Zareth? How, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I'm bored, Solo. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, no, man, it's crazy. Oh, look at that. We got, we already got a raid from yeah. Operation Metaverse. Hello, Gum. Good to see you. Gig, thank you for the subscription and the cheer, man. Oh, it's going to be a busy night tonight. Busy, Oof. busy night tonight. Lots going on. Lots going on. It's, it, yeah, I almost wish it was off season so we could uh, <laughs> just talk about the new stuff. But yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. Welcome to our Raiders and. Man, there is a lot going on um, in the game right now. People, I, I, yeah, there, there's a there was a road ahead, or what is it? State of the galaxy, I guess. The state of the galaxy. Is. Yep. Um, there's the Rancor raid. We got to talk about at least a little bit. There's the Beskar madness, and and then there's the first week of five v five. There is, yeah, That's... and um, and killing. Uh, Sith Eternal with troopers. Oh, God. chill! Thank you, thank you for the cheer. And killing Sith Eternal with troopers, indeed, and using Sith Eternal on offense. Also, have that to talk about. So, why don't we get this kickstarted with probably this is going to sound absurd, the most minor of things, and that's this brand new raid or brand new redesigned raid we have. <laughs> yeah. um, you got to do it in two guilds. I got to do it with two accounts. <laughs> so what's your opinion on this new raid? I'm not sure, honestly, Solo. So it, it's for the top-ish guilds, it, it's like very doable. Like the top what? I, I feel like Crumb just sent out something. Oh, yeah, and the galaxy, state of the galaxy thing. Uh, whoever yeah. it was who sent that out. They They were talking about how there's like 150 some guilds who have done it <clears throat> so far. And, you know, that's, that's actually a pretty big number. Uh, I know that there are way more guilds than that, but like they, they were able to finish it on their first try. And so the thing I like about it, number one, I like that I don't feel like I, I'm not like going to leave my guild because I'm in a, I'm in a good guild that could finish it. Actually my alt is too. Uh, but, um, so I don't feel like it's going to just take me out of my guild. Uh, you know, like I'm not going to be applying a ton of pressure to do it, but at the same time, it's, it, it requires a lot of coordination. Yeah. Yeah. I will, my biggest fear of this raid was if you remember when the Sith raid came out, uh, there was a lot of guild changing. And don't get me wrong, there's still going to be a lot of guild changing. Uh, I, I know I've spoken to four or five people that have already said they're looking for a new <laughs> a new guild after just this test, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, but when the Sith Raid came out, it took a while to beat. Even like guilds at my guild's level, which is your alt, um, it took, I think, a month or two to finally get the Sith Raid down, and you had to farm the teams and everything. And we just kind of walked into this. It, We took the approach of we 
waited a day to start it. So we, we wasted 30K tickets, you know, gladly because it let us watch everybody else do it and develop these teams or tell us what teams work. That way, when we did it, we could complete it on the first shot. I think if we started it the first day, we would have been in trouble. But by waiting one day and just wait, I mean, wasting one day of tickets is almost nothing. Um, we were able to kind of learn from everybody else that did it. And that's what got us through it. And I like that the battles are quick. <laughs> like I, I hit every phase um p4 probably took 30 seconds if even and that's for about four or five teams um but the p1 battle i think my battle on i did both accounts in p1 combined it probably took 10 minutes and then we just sat there and you know waited 20 minutes until we waited until we had the proper percentage then my p2 battle took five minutes my p3 battle didn't even take five minutes. Like there are all these quick battles, which is so nice. I did not want a huge time sink. I can gladly leave my phone on while I'm waiting to post damage and do something else as opposed to, all right, this raid's going to take you an hour of time. Uh, that's just right. what I wanted to avoid. And luckily that's, that's, it's so hard that that's what we got to avoid. Well, so I feel like we need to give a little bit of background on what how the raid is accomplished right now. So Fair. Um, the the new raid, it, it's basically, I mean, it is just a reskin. Uh, like they just made it harder. Uh, it's the old Rancor raid and it's harder. Um, you know, they, they added more restrictions. You can't like reduce its turn meter the way you could in the old one. Um, you know, it, it's significantly more difficult. But at the same time, um, like the biggest thing is every 20% of every, is it every phase? Um, every phase, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so every 20% increment, the Rancor gets harder. So it incentivizes people to like hit the Rancor early. Like if it's just a free for all, you're going to do way more damage with, uh, if you had hit him, well, before he's taken 80 or taken 20% damage, because every increment of 20, it's going to increase the the amount of damage and so or the the amount of defense and the, the how hard they hit and everything and so um, <clears throat> but so what guilds are doing to bypass this is they'll say okay everyone use this team uh, you know like it, they prescribe it at least my my guild prescribed a team they said okay like everyone has to use for instance Padme um, you know so everyone go and then. Once you're at your like, once you're at the end of your run and you have five percent or whatever you need, then post on Discord and tell people, "This is how this is how much you're going to get. This is how much damage you're going to, um, how much you have." And then once once you have enough people, you know they're like five percent, seven percent, six percent, four. You know, all, everyone's posting all their stuff. Once you get to a hundred, then they say, "Okay, now everyone post their damage at the same time." And it just takes out the whole phase. And then um, you don't have to worry about it getting harder because everyone's doing damage in the first 20%, theoretically. Yeah, it was, I mean, it is a logistical nightmare for officers. Luckily, I did not run this one. Uh, he's actually usually in chat. Uh, one of our officers, Aldo, ran it for us. And it is like herding kittens of, I, I can't tell you how many messages he sent out was, 
so-and-so, do you have X percent or how, how much have you finished? How much have you finished? And while we just sit there and wait to drop it. And part of the problem with that is you have to go into this raid on airplane mode. That way you don't accidentally drop it. But then if you're only on your phone and not near like a computer or an iPad, you can't see the messages that are getting sent out. And so it is a little absurd. Um, but we beat it in the first time with organization. All the people that didn't beat it didn't have the organization. So they would fit, they would kill like 81%. And then you, you kill 81% of P2, you're going to burn every team you have to try and get into P3. Um, so it's, it's not going to be fun, but at the same time, it is completely doable, which which is nice, um, you know, because I, I don't want to have to look for a new guild um, just because of relicate materials. That's yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. So so yeah. This this new. The, I guess we we need to talk about relic eight as well. That's that's another piece of it. Um, uh, like just totally. I don't think we knew anything about Relic 8 as of the last podcast. Probably, that's true, yeah. We so knew it was we're going to we're have to talk about that, but we, we can finish with the raid. Um, yeah. So someone in chat, I think maybe it was Gig, he was saying, um, I, I'm not sure if we're doing it or cheesing the new raid. Like, is this really what the developers intended was to just have like this really brutal... Um, coordinated at attempt every single week for for top guilds um or did they intend to actually have to like brute force it and just slowly you know work your way through it you know and it like it will never it will never stop being a chore until we can just kind of brute force it right and i don't know I don't know if we ever will be able to... Well, I shouldn't say ever. That's a strong word, and Relic 10 will get you somewhere, you know, eventually, one day. Um, but the way they have this set up, man, it is not It is not guild officer friendly. <laughs> it might be not soloing the raid friendly, um, other than the cheaters out there that became very obvious very fast. Uh, it is not guild officer friendly, though which as a guild officer, you know, I've been a guild officer slash leader slash officer for God, since this game came out in what, 2015. So since June of 2016, I've at least been an officer or guild leader. And the last thing I want is another headache um, for my daily officer life. I'm already burnt out from being an officer. Now they want to add something else. That is disappointing. I wish, so that 20% multiplier, I wish rather than for um, just overall globally, I wish they built in the mechanic that it's over 20% on a personal run. So let's say you go in at 40%, and you drop it down to 20%, and then it gets harder. That's still going to stop the solos, but it stops the need for everybody to be online at the same time because that's just um, miserable. <laughs> like, Brutal. Miserable, yeah. yes. Yep. Uh, you know. 
I, I guess the one benefit is that you can only do this once every six days. So it's not an every other day type of thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if CG does anything, because I will say the one, when they were talked to about platoons, they did something about that. Then they didn't learn from their mistake. They were told very quickly about their mistake the second time when the new TBs came out. They actually did something about that. I think they understand the burden. It's whether or not they do anything about the burden on the officers. It's almost like we need somebody to come on a podcast and for them to yell at them about uh, that game mode. Because I think when TB came out, it was Shattered Order and... Kerry came on and was all gung ho about all these changes. And then they, they just, I say they shit on her. They didn't shit on her, but they shit on the idea for like five to 10 minutes on this podcast. And a week later, she's like, guys, we changed the platoons. <laughs> like we heard you, we changed the platoons. Um, nice. <laughs> shattered order <Making> changes. <laughs> yeah, shattered order has done a lot for the community over four years. That's probably the best thing that they ever did. So thank you. Shattered order on, um, that one <laughs> yeah that's legit i mean I, I mean we we've talked about it a lot of times it, it's like how much how much can we as a community really uh, you know take in terms of how much time we're gonna spend on this game like i i don't think i'm going to be participating in this raid a ton i just don't know how i can find the time uh, it's yeah i it, it really, so, uh, it really all depends. Like, I feel like two months from now, people will have this down where it's going to be an hour-long raid, where it's, you know, phase one drops in 15 minutes because everybody knows what they're doing. Phase two drops in 15 minutes. Because these fights, these fights really are like five minutes um, to get your 10%. So it, it's not that they're long fights. It's just the coordination of everybody being on. So I think in a little while, it's going to become kind of this regular thing. And maybe you jump in and only hit P1. You know, you get like 4 million or 5 million. I forget what it is. And that is it. Um, and I see people talking about time zones all across the board. We, we kind of have that in our guild too, because we have probably 20 euros and then, you know, 30 North Americans and trying to get everybody on board during a work day is probably going to be a nightmare. Luckily, we ran this on Saturday, but I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they, if they do anything. I, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, hopefully we won't be too ca cause for too much complaint. I just, I also don't know how, if I don't participate in it, I like, I'll just, I'll have to spend a hundred dollars to get relic aid on people. Like I, I <laughs> yeah. can't do that. I, right. you know, I've, I've been spending some money on the game, but a hundred bucks for one relic eight, like to, that's not, or I guess, let's see, does that actually, it goes, does that get me all the way from relic? Um, zero to relocate, or is that just from relic seven to eight? I honestly don't know. Really? I, I, I saw the packs, I saw how much they were, and I was like, I'm not even going to look <laughs> even any further. 
Yeah, um, it won't it won't get you all the way it won't get you all the way there um, yeah. yikes so <clears throat> yeah so like somewhere between gom gom said from six to seven ish to eight yeah because you get a little bit more it looks like a little bit more than you abstractly need you have to buy two packs to get there um and they're fifty dollars each it's crazy like if i could spend fifty dollars on relic eight i might do it once or I might even do it twice, but a hundred bucks. Yeah. I, I just, I can't do it. But then I also, I'm not going to get top 10 in my guild most likely anyways, because my guild is hardcore. Uh, they are. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes, but uh, hopefully they find, they give us another way to earn it other than uh, spending a hundred bucks a pop. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um. That, that being said, one one small thing that I wanted to mention before we just move on. Um, you remember the bronziums, the the devs made the change yeah. with all of the balance issues and everything with the shards and uh, with the bronziums, they they didn't change anything in terms of like your full characters. Uh, when you get full characters, you only get the same prescribed number of shards. And uh, so that, that really devalues the bronzium packs by a pretty significant margin. And the devs actually just released a thing that said that they're actually going to double the number of full character drops that we normally get. So that effectively just gives us the same value that we were getting before. Like, yeah. Yeah. were you happy when you heard about that? I, I'm glad they addressed it. I'm glad they did something. I, I think it's, it's fine. Like, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I, the answer is yes. I did. My favorite part about that entire thing is immediately like the first post on the forum was way to nerf my relic farming. <laughs> I was like, good Lord, people you have <laughs> Dude, nothing better to do. <laughs> I had to laugh so hard. Like people, people will just, they're just so determined to be haters. It just cracks yeah. me up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're re really your relic mat like you're gonna whine about that <laughs> so stupid i don't know i i just had to laugh uh all right so we hinted at it a little earlier too as well let's talk about relic I, I assume the rest of this podcast is going to devolve into mando discussion so why don't we talk about relic eight first sure um so Relicate is the next ability. There are two new materials that are needed for Relicate. One of them is farmable. Well, and when I say farmable, it means that you can salvage gear to get it. Uh, <clears throat> and that is, it's not cheap. It takes 180 of, like the bayonets is one of the gear. And then there's the... Uh, uh, med pack, you know, the, the gold med pack, and then uh, the multi-tool. And it takes 180 of them to get enough, uh, to get 20 of the impulse detectors, which is the piece name. And then there, the second piece is what you get from the raid. And you need 20 of those from the raid. Um, now, the question is, how good really is relic eight <laughs> you know like, like to me uh it's, it's going to be good on galactic legends just because of their galactic legend zeta i mean that that's an obvious because 
not only are they getting the stats you see, but they're getting the bonus to the max health, max protection, etc. Um, but I don't see a huge need right now to get many relegates. What about you? Yeah, I we're going to have to just see because the if, if we just look at the numbers, like I know that you and I have, have gone on record saying like we thought that it was there was going to have to be something like special uh, yeah. here, you know, like we'd have to have, get like an ability or we'd have to get, they'd have to give us some kind of crazy stat increase like speed. And what they did, they just increased the amount of mastery that we get a little bit. And right. yeah, it's a nice increase, but it's like, I mean... Stark can just stay at Relic Zero, or I guess Relic Three, <laughs> if, if you're trying to get Sith Eternal. Like, you don't. There's no necessary component for him to get higher relics. Like, there's nothing driving all of our characters to need that. You just get more damage and health in. And yeah, like you said, the the Galactic Legends are obvious. Like they have their Zeta that gives them so much extra from the like it gives them a way bigger boost so yes i'm excited to get relic 8 for my galactic legends and and probably for like darth vader and a few other key characters who like need max stats but it's really hard to envision how that's going to impact things right now like i I haven't seen many i haven't noticed any on my shard right yet like I'm about to go in to a fight actually against one of the shard krakens with this with a relic eight Sith Eternal, and it'll be interesting to see if that if that re- extra relic level actually makes it so my supreme leader Kylo doesn't just get the, the equivalent of fifty five banners. Yeah, I. So the other option, and I think most of the people I've seen have been applying it to General Kenobi for two extra speed on his negotiator. Um, I don't know if I am going to do that. I get the logic. I understand why they're doing it. They're doing it for, well, for a couple different reasons. They want to mess with, uh, off meta counters. They want to guarantee their negotiator goes first. Um, I, I can't say I was extremely excited to get Kenobi up to R7 to begin with. Getting him up to R8 honestly sounds like torture to me. Um, And here's what I hate the most about it. So my biggest complaint about the Negotiator fleet is that Anakin and Negotiator have the same speed. So if you're going up against an equally geared team, it's coin flips of who goes first between their... Anakin, your Anakin, their negotiator, your negotiator, just complete RNG. So this was the time the devs could have fixed that. This was the time that you give, whether it be Anakin or negotiator, three speed with Relicate, and then the other one gets two speed, and you can guarantee it's just a coin flip of one ship versus one ship. Did the devs do that? No. (laughs) No, they didn't. Other ships got three speed, so it's not that they only wanted two speed for relic levels. Like that would at least be explainable. Some ships did get three speed. They just decided to keep negotiator mirrors to be just pure RNG, which uh, if there's anything in the game that makes me angry, it's a negotiator mirror match. So I'm so disappointed. They didn't do something about that. It's funny. I, 
I just never do negotiator mirror matches ever in the history of ever. I, I just, I can't stand them. I see how much rage they cause for you. And I'm like, I'm just not up to causing that in myself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, so, and the other thing about it is, I mean, I guess I could give it to Grievous then because if I'm using Grievous against, against Negotiator to speed him up, but um, you don't need to because Negotiator or uh, Malevolence always went second. So it doesn't matter that Malevolence is going to go second. It doesn't need the two extra speed. So it's like, all right, there's my fleet sorted. I cheese my defense for fleets every time anyway because I just don't want to deal with it. Um, and, you know, there you go. Like, I will never have to give it to a... Well, I shouldn't say never. CG will find a way. But as of right now, I don't have to give it to a fleet captain. And that makes me happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, oh, and just for the record, guys, I did just totally smash relic uh eight Sith eternal with supreme leader kylo like yeah as bad as i ever have so yeah. just yay yay uh anyways <laughs> yeah i i don't know like the fleet thing i also so someone someone messaged me our friend darth evil actually she she would uh she just put she she ended up getting top whatever to get enough mats on uh, mm -hmm. the rancor raid so she and then she wailed out and got all three packs so she actually has two relic eights right now go figure <laughs> and she put them both uh, she put them on kenobi and on jedi anakin i if i was going to give um relic eight to a fleet to a fleet anybody in fleet it probably and this makes me angrier than Kenobi. It would have been to Jedi Knight Anakin. Because I, I want my Anakin to go before their Anakin. Um, but anyway, sorry. You were going <laughs> to say. But th that's probably the smarter move. Uh, when I first saw that, affected fleets. Yeah, I mean, my issue, of course, it's just like, what, what really does that... What impact does it have? Like on, on squad arena, I don't think that has much impact at all. Like he's going to hit a little harder. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It's it's all just a mess. But yeah, I I plan on holding my relicate mats um, at least for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to hold mine too. My one. Right. Well, you have one. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I, I did finish first in the raid, so I have eleven right now. Um, but I, I'm not going to just jump into assigning it. If I did, so let, let's play the if you did game. If you did assign relegate, say tomorrow, who would you give mm -hmm. it to? I think I would give it to Ray. Good. That's who I would say as well. I think uh, with with like an outside chance, someone could talk, maybe talk me into it. If that with a persuasive argument, they could tell me Supreme Leader Kylo or Jedi Master Luke. Like, I think the the four absolutely no brainer upgrades for it are going to be the four Galactic Legends, just sure. because they benefit so much from high relics. They just do. They love a lot of relics. Um, Every yeah. single relic they can get, they they, they want. So, um, Sith Eternal just doesn't. I don't care as much about, frankly. Like, 
he's more kit than stats anyways in a lot of ways um that's that's fair yeah i mean uh, it's it's nice yeah he, he still likes it i'm not saying i won't give it to him i just he's he's the least of my concerns in terms of gear of relic eight that's um yeah and then beyond that i think the only other one that would tempt me would be darth vader because because he i i know that you don't use him as much on your main account at least with uh, the off meta you know like killing ray and stuff with him um but for me like i we've talked about this before it is really hard to hit all of those different uh stats that you're supposed to get you know the yeah the, the crit chance and the offense and the potency and everything and having another relic level boost would get him closer and that way we you could focus more on putting like more potency on there at the expense of more crit chance or etc so like Darth Vader at relic 8 is would be extremely nice and so I guess would like General Skywalker because you use him so much uh, as just an offense like he just he just goes to work on whoever he's hitting and it would be nice to have a little more hitting power with him you know every yeah. single ounce of it that you can find is better so you know characters like that but but yeah that's my answer what's what's your if you had to relic someone relegate someone right now or tomorrow what who would you uh ray is my answer because she just uh, you know uh the c3po bot that is in a lot of servers has a compare feature that shows you the stats uh, of, you know, based on your modding, what the character would look like at R8 and which is fantastic. I was just playing the other day when I realized that I was just playing around with this at basically every character. And so she only gets 5,000 health and mine's health modded. So people that don't have health mods won't get as much, um, but she gets crit damage. She gets about 800 more offense for me. So, you know, the, the big question is, do you mod her for health? Do you mod her for offense? I know, you know, you mod her for offense. I mod her for straight health. I mean, mine's at 240K health. Um, you don't really have to ask that question if you get her R8 because <laughs> she's getting offense and health with that extra relic level. And it is, so I, I think she is the prime candidate. Supreme Leader Kylo, I think is in the same boat for the same reasons. But um, honestly, in 5v5s, I mostly put Kylo on defense because he's so bad at banners on offense. Um, and I like my Ray on offense because she's so good at banners in 5v5. So, I think Ray would be the first choice. My next one would be General Skywalker, uh, followed by Jedi Knight Luke. Those would be my top four, I guess. And like you said, obviously every Galactic Legend will are no brainers. Like it, nobody's going to put R eight on a Galactic Legend and say, "Oh, I wish I didn't do that." Like it, you know, they get so many stats that it makes sense. But I think it would be. Ray, Gas, Jedi Knight, Luke for me because I use I use all three of them so often. Um, two of them are in my arena team. Two, <laughs> all three of them get used on offense and are relied on for offense for me. So I think all of them are no brainers to me. All right, so um, 
Yeah, yeah, like Galactic Legends for sure. It, it'll it'll be interesting in like six months to see how how it's kind of branched out. Um, so here, here's one thing that I've been noticing though. Um, and so Relicate won't necessarily make it super super bad, uh, but where eventually once they eat, once they add enough relic levels, we're gonna start wanting things like. Uh, accuracy arrows i think potentially uh the reason being or we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rely on certain other stats because i'm looking at jedi training ray right now at the relic increase and so her she's an agility tank and an agility tank all agility tanks get um the same three mastery stats so one of them so they get health and protection and that that makes sense because they're tanks and then the other one is evasion chance so Right now at Relic 7, she's at 15.75 evasion. And her, her increase, once she gets to Relic 8, she'll be at 21% evasion. And that may not sound like a ton to you, and it, it isn't really a huge amount, but if it's a similarly large increase again, like uh, for the next time, and I'm not even saying for Jedi Training Ray specifically, it's not going to like turn into a Ray dodge meta kind of thing. I'm just saying in general, there's going to be certain stats like the crit avoid that you get on uh, like Jedi Master Luke, for instance, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he gets he gets that crit avoid like though the stats right now are like you can kind of just negate it naturally. Once you get enough relic levels, though, I really think we're going to have to start paying attention to these uh, kind of like weird random stats that characters are gaining. I know the other day. Uh, in territory wars, I, I was facing a, I was facing a, a Ray team with Jedi training Ray on this, uh, you know, as one of the characters, and I was using Vader, um, and Vader kept missing against Ray against Jedi training Ray when she didn't have foresight, and I was like, this is weird. Like, is it just a visual bug? Uh, because she, you know, maybe she does have foresight and I'm just missing it, but, but like the foresight doesn't actually show up as a stat or as a buff. But then I realized, I think I'm just getting like slightly worse RNG and just missing her because her evasion chance is high. Uh, yeah, well, because that's, um, Ray is increasing her mastery. So <laughs> now she's just going to increase more of her mastery. Um, because if you remember, there when Ray first came out, people used JTR in the Sith raid with Ray, and they kept complaining that uh, they <laughs> they were getting stuck in basically an infinite. It wasn't an infinite loop, but it was Scion could not hit JTR, and obviously JTR is not going to chew through. Um, a raid boss's damage by herself. <laughs> so it, it's like um, this P2 fight was taking longer than the raid and then the rewards would come out and the raid would be dead and they still wouldn't be out of it. And it's because Ray increased her mastery so much and she's got the evasion in her mastery. Um, so it, like you said, R8, it shouldn't be a big deal. Plus nobody's going to be rushing to put R8 on most agility tanks out there. Not, not in the first you know, four to five months. Uh, there are so many better options. But in the future, when these R8s start creeping down the rest of the roster, 
it uh, it will be interesting. I will say though that R eight certain characters do have their accuracy increased as well. Uh, like I, I pulled up, Walker, yeah, yeah, Jedi Knight Luke uh, has his accuracy is boosted up to eighteen percent at R eight. So uh, we'll see. You know, we'll kind of see how this all plays out. Yeah, we will. And this is all theoretical at this point. I don't. Right, right. I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed a huge, uh, you know, issue uh, up till now. It just seems like, you know, it, it's. I think it's wise to to just kind of look for these potential issues so that we can actually be prepared and um, you know face them with our eyes open, as opposed to just being blindsided and just, you know, the the <laughs> sure. outrage that. I feel like today I posted, I said something about how we need to, people are going to get pissed off about something and they're going to post something angry on Reddit. Um, you know, and I just like to avoid the possibility <laughs> of needing to post things on Reddit. Right. <laughs> at least ignorant, foolish things. Uh, um, yeah. Oh yeah. It was about the, the cantina drops for, for the oh, yes, characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that of, I simmed 20 times and got zero of this character. And then they ignore that the other time that they simmed 20 and got 15 of the character. Right. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly that's, what I was saying. It, yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was. Uh, yeah. It's so silly. But anyways, um, Relic 8, it will be an ongoing discussion. I'm sure I'm going to have to make a video about it at some point. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good things that you can get out of Relic 8. Like you said with Vader, you know, it helps you hit a bunch of the stats that you want to hit. Um, you know, well, it's, it's going to take forever, though. Like, I don't think people understand how slow relocating people are going to be. Like, I... Even if I fit, if I finish first in the next raid, from the release of Relic Eights, it's still going to take me. If I finish first every every week, it's still going to take me two weeks per Relic Eight character. Um, so, in three months from now, you know I, I will have the four GLs done and two others like we're not we're just we're not going to see a ton of g8s or uh, relegates out in the wild um and if there are a ton of relegates out in the wild like darth evil they've just passed our they're going to pass our matchup gp so fast that you might run into one or two <laughs> as they're on their way up <laughs> but they're you know they're not going to be in my matchup gp because i'm not spending a hundred dollars for uh, what, a 3,000 health increase. You know, I, I was tempted initially. It, yeah. It just seems nice. And I, I do have, like, I could spend the money, but I'm, I'm totally not going to. Right. If, if there was more of an increase, they could have uh, tempted me. But there's just, <laughs> you know, for 3,000 health and 800 offense. Um, I mean, that is nice. It's tempting. It is, but not not a hundred dollar tempting. Not for me. Uh, Agreed. Um, anyways, well, 
we could probably move on to the right. one that I'm probably the most excited about, frankly. <laughs> right. The, the one I thought we'd spend the most time in. We're already 45 yeah. minutes in. You know, um. may, maybe maybe we just take a small amount of time to acknowledge the uh, state of the galaxy. Yes. And address. I think there's really only one thing that we have to talk about in the state of the galaxy. Uh, well, two things. Um, and it's all in one paragraph. Uh, so let me pull it up here for people. I will pu- yep, pull it up on the stream as well. Uh, all right. So Galactic Legends, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. This is summary. Um, the, they've already said this, but it's just good to highlight again. If you look at the second paragraph of this portion of uh, they're going to expand Galactic Challenges. They're going to twice a week now, starting in mid-December, a.k.a. probably the next update. Um, and so that's twice a week means double the mod slicing material, um, which means let's, you know, that makes me happy because my bad speed rolls or a.k.a. lack of speed rolls will be counterbalanced by having double the chances. Um, you know, so that is, I think something good to look at, look forward to hopefully this week. Um, and then this guy is really, uh, the Mando armorer is, is really their next hint. And the sentence above is literally, here's a sneak peek of the next character coming to Galaxy of Heroes. There's the Mando Armorer, a.k.a. when we talk about Beskar Mando and the teams that can be used with him, this character right here is probably going to have a very big say in what team is going to be run with them. Yeah, man. I... Gosh, I think maybe we did it in the wrong order. I know that I kind of, we did it at my behest at this, in this <laughs> order, but like, uh, we, we can't have a good discussion about this character release, this, uh, arm, the Mando armor, uh, without actually talking about Mando. So, right. So it, it is exciting. <clears throat> it's, so what I will say about it is, I my kind of prediction before this was that it was going to be a DR Malik type situation. And this was, you know, last week I was saying this, where it's Mando seems that we're gonna get him way too easy. There's gotta be something else. And so <laughs> here's the something else. We'll see how the armor is released, but here's you know, here's the something else. And they did say it's a January thing. This, this person is not, uh, they're going to tell us more in January state of the galaxy. So it's not something coming next week. You know, it's not going to be an, Oh God, I need to have Beskar tomorrow type of thing, but it is something on the horizon. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Um, yeah. The other thing I'd like, I like that they're starting to do more regular state of the galaxy. Uh, agreed agreed I, I loved when we got them monthly um i'm glad to see that they're coming back gosh people are already saying and you're saying this too about did, yeah. you think you think that it's going to be an epic confrontation um i think it makes sense uh, well we can talk about it later i i think it makes 
very little sense. So I'm I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I just think I think it does make sense for them. Um, but like you said, let's let's get into the more important part. The reason everybody's here, and uh, it's not to see our glorious faces; it's to hear us talk <laughs> about uh, this adorable face riding on the back of the Mandalorian. <laughs> so Baby Yoda will be in the game twice, people. He will be in the game twice now with two different characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. I guess I didn't think about that, but yeah, he may as well be. Um, we should just, they should just give us like, you, you could just get like a $15 reskin on characters just to have Baby Yoda like riding on you, riding <laughs> on the shoulder. Can you imagine Baby Yoda riding on Vader? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, or, or like cradled in the arms yeah. of Palpatine or something. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, the, the Mando, I, I'll say this. I'm dis- I was immediately disappointed because my theory ever since they like kind of, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they were trying, like they mentioned that Mando, Beskar Mando was coming out. And yeah. so immediately... You know, I was I was excited about that, obviously. Um, and I was like, oh, I think he could be the next bounty hunter tank. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. I really wanted it to be the uh, next another bounty hunter tank. And, you know, it, I, I really wanted that because that that could really push bounty hunters over the over the edge. And so immediately the first thing I looked at was what was his what were his affiliations and his tags. And it's just basically attacker and scoundrel. So not bounty hunter, which honestly, I don't care about bounty hunter as much. Scoundrel can in certain circumstances be better. Um, But no tank did make me sad. Though his kit actually does have some tanky elements to it. So it does. Uh, About that at least. You you gave that theory or that want, wish, whatever you want to call it, about him being bounty hunter tank. And immediately I was like, that's what it's got to be. Zareth, <laughs> I am stealing Zareth's idea on this. And then, um, unfortunately, he's not. But his kit is very interesting. It does... The, CG hasn't messed up a kit in years now at this point. Um, no, not since, like, yeah. Rose. Rose, yeah. <laughs> um, they brought in new abilities here as well. Um so let's talk about the kit. He, like you said, he's an attacker. He's a leader. He's a scoundrel. Um, he's got this basic where he takes a knife out. I love this animation. Um, the animation is sweet, but it's like, how often does he do that in the show ever? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really care. Like, I just, because the animation is sweet. It just, <laughs> it was like, I was like, What? for his basic it's so weird i don't care really yeah um so final text is deal physical damage and inflict damage over time for three turns if they're already debuffed you deal damage a second time which doesn't sound like much but we will get into the damage over time um below but so it's just a fairly fairly quiet basic um yeah at least so the st- standard caveat guys when we're talking yeah. about new character releases 
it's hugely impo impossible, honestly, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it is hugely important to realize that we can't talk about how good a character is going to be in, in any like really substantial terms until we see him in practice. Like we we can't even right. see the damage numbers, which is good. Like CG got smart and took the damage numbers out of their animations because people were reading too much into it. Uh, but yeah, um, and that's that's like years ago at this point. But the the fact of the matter is, his basic might be the hardest hitting thing in the whole game probably <laughs> probably not but right. maybe it is and maybe his whistling birds thing later on maybe that's the hardest hitting thing in the whole game or maybe both of them don't do anything they do <laughs> no damage like right. and maybe he's the tankiest character in the game like we we just have no idea we need to see what his actual stats and his modifiers are to actually be able to tell so it's like okay, we can tell the synergies that may potentially contribute, but I mean, people are doing math in the, on the, um, the chat right now, uh, or at least they were, you know, saying like zero times 20 is still zero and stuff like, um, you know, it's the same thing. If you get enough modifiers for, you know, to do a ton of damage, um, <laughs> it's still go if you have, if they have the wrong modifier on the uh, stat, or if they have the wrong stat modifier on the on the different special, it's still going to do like zero. Like Barris, you can amp up her damage as much as you want, and you will notice zero <laughs> difference in actual impact in the fight. Like her modifier on damage is so low in her kit that like there's no point in actually giving her damage. So yeah. all I'm trying to say is, and I'm taking a long time to say, so I apologize on that, but like... We're going to point out the possible synergies. And then the best thing is next week, you guys can tune in and we'll, we can actually tell you more substantial things. <laughs> we tell you how wrong we were. <laughs> Story of the right. Gambit podcast. <laughs> uh, we have a, at least we have a plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll talk about it till we get it right. Uh, okay. Next one is uh, it's a special ability followed by a special ability. <laughs> um so this is the Whistling Birds ability. So basically what happens is Mandalorian gains a stack of Whistling Birds for each enemy. He can max gain his Roll 20 stacks. I, so yeah. we can read along. Uh, then you're going to miss know. the animation. Um, it is a sweet animation. <laughs> so he, he gains uh, the, the stack of the Whistling Birds and may only use Swift Takedown the next time he uses an ability. And until the Mandalorian uses Swift Takedown, he can't assist or counterattack. He ignores stealth and taunt, and he gains one stack of Whistling Birds whenever an enemy takes damage. CG did clarify it's not damage on an attack, so if he leaves uh, damage over a time and they take a turn and take damage, that counts as taking damage, adding to his stacks of Whistling Birds. Um which is why I said the basic, it seems basic, but if he's applying damage over times on the basic, that's going to count. Um, whistling birds last until swift takedown is used or until Mando is defeated, obviously. And the whistling beer birds deal true damage to a target enemy for each stack when using swift takedown. So true damage means everybody started farming these defense mods because... 
defense mods are fantastic and they increase your armor. Well, the true damage doesn't care about your armor. Um, it's just ignoring it. So, uh, it's, I mean, everybody predicted and wanted the whistling birds that Mando was told to use sparingly and then uses often. Uh, and I, I know I'm always <laughs> like, <here> they are. <laughs> are you ever going to run out of those? Right. Like and he, use, he seems to use them casually sometimes. Anyways, we're not talking about the, the right. show. But. <laughs> um, right. So that that's the special. It's basically him building up these whistling birds. So let's cut, scroll down to swift takedown um, and talk about actually using them. So it's this swift takedown is inflict healing immunity for two turns on all enemies, <laughs> deal physical damage to them and lose one stack of whistling birds for each enemy damage this way. It's deal true damage target enemy for each stack. If target enemy is defeated by this ability, the remaining whistling birds will damage the weakest remaining enemy. Attack can't be countered, can't be evaded, and enemies defeated by this ability can't be revived. <laughs> Which just sounds absurd on everything. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. So he can ignore... Yeah. So while he has the whistling birds, he can ignore stealth and taunt. And you can get all these stacks. So you, and he's later on will find... Uh, spoiler alert, not really spoiler, but on his kit, he's also immune to ability blocks. So as long yeah. as he's alive, he's going to get it. Right. Right. So uh, it's, you can probably, I guess you could maybe like stun lock him away from being able to do it. But as long as he's taking turns, like you're, you're going to be able to assassinate people who are the people are trying to hide, like hide the nihilist. Not that that's yep. really a thing anymore, but that. He's kind of the counter to that sort of strategy. So here's my question. And this is where pure speculation, because we don't know damage. We don't know much. You know, the common anti-Vader thing right now is for countering Ray is I'm going to stack three tanks with Ray. And, you know, <laughs> too bad. I wonder if somehow this can get around it. And I don't know, and it might not be worth getting around it, but you're dealing true damage to a galactic legend is never a bad thing. Um, so. Well, and this is where it's like, okay, so the potential here is to just be amazing. I mean, right. like like Spy, you, you never, it's insane how much damage you can spool up on Spy mm -hmm. uh, under the right circumstances, but you can't tell it from the kit. Right. The kid's yeah. just like, oh yeah, you get some modifiers. Go, go, knock yourself out. <laughs> um, right. This one, it's like you can have up to twenty whistling birds. Like, are we gonna have to wait till we get twenty to actually have a chance to kill a good character? Is like five enough to kill most characters? Will Beskar Mando at best be the solution in three v three to the uh, Asajj zombie acolyte cheese? Right. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> right it, it time will tell it's there are a lot of potentials with this um and i think him being a scoundrel just adds to the potential one thing that kind of going off a little bit one thing the dev said 
is if we made him a bounty hunter, we would have to give him a contract, which would basically hide some of his abilities behind a contract. And so um, by having him just be a scoundrel, he has the abilities. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's kind of unlocked, I guess you could say, um, rather than having to unlock behind a scoundrel, which kind of opens up how he can be used. Like he, he can be used on a Ray team. He can be used, pick a team. He can be used on it uh, because it's not hidden behind the contract. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, in some ways it makes him weaker just because uh, if, if he's on a bounty hunter team, well, if he's not a lead on the bounty hunter team, it, as a lead on a bounty hunter team, I should say they can't get their contract. So mm-hmm. that's going to be significantly weaker as his as a leader. But at the same time, he's a uh, I don't know. Uh, we've been wanting for a long time an, uh, another true scoundrel leader. Like that's yeah. something we've desperately needed because right. Hira is a fantastic scoundrel leader. She just is like in every way. She's about as good as you could hope for. I keep wanting what's his name from Solo the the um, the like kind of bad guy whatever his name is I'm just spacing his name but Voss. Um, the guy who twirls his guns and betrays him and does all this stuff um, oh uh, I yeah I don't remember the name now <laughs> I don't, I'm so annoyed because I I should totally know it but um, oh Beckett, Beckett. yeah yeah um, I keep wanting him to come into the game and be be like a dark side scoundrel leader but that being said um having mando as a scoundrel leader is going to be also uh, he's a true i guess we should actually get to that part of the kit that we're not there yet right okay so second special and here's where baby yoda shows his adorable backside of his head and when we're going up against him shows his adorable face um so it is dispel all debuffs on scoundrel allies and equalize their protection, which this is a new feat or uh, ability we haven't seen before. And then all scoundrel allies recover 20% protection. You've removed 20% turn meter from all enemies, which can't be evaded. Uh, and the Mandalorian and target other scoundrel ally gains damage immunity for one turn which can't be copied dispelled prevented and tenacity up for an additional two turns and this ability starts on cooldown because if that ability didn't start on cooldown good board um this, that one ability does like four different things and uh i missed that actually in the initial reading i, I you pointing it out is the first time i'm realizing that it's on cooldown what's yeah. the cooldown number it is four okay uh, and we will talk about how you're going to get to this fairly fast when we talk below later, uh, or about the kit a little later, but my God. So you're equalizing the protection. You're then recovering 20% protection. You're removing turn meter and you're granting damage immunity to Mando and one other. Um, like, holy crap. This one turn does everything basically. <laughs> No, I mean this. This is what makes him a legendary. Right. This, this, yeah. This is the the legendary ability, um, and it is quite the ability. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, 
I'm super impressed by it. It's a little disappointing to discover now after all this, uh, you know, and this is why I, I can't let myself pay too close attention to new kits when they're very first released. Cause um, yeah, you miss these things, but it does, yeah. it does so much. This is also one of the things we were talking about it in uh, like our Gambit Alliance chat, I think um, of like, the many joys of inspiration or of inspired <laughs> like yeah it, because it, it's like there just keeps being all these hidden things to inspired uh, that that like they're not hidden like they're in the kit but they're like interspersed it's like okay if poe's on the board then you know this is what it does and if if finn yeah. is on the board then this is what it does and ray does something else with inspired and and so it, it's like you get to this point of like, well, you know, what just happened? Why, why did that not work the way I wanted to? <laughs> and the answer has been now, now it's just becoming, oh, like, do you seriously not know inspired rules? And it's like, right. I know some of them, <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. Inspired will prevent the removed 20% turn meter from all enemies, but Right. Well, and so, so all I'm, and so I'm taking a roundabout way to say like, this is one of those things where I guarantee I'll just forget some component and it'll <laughs> screw me over or, oh, or absolutely yes. more likely, more likely it'll screw Kleso over and we'll talk about it all. <laughs> we'll all talk about it in the Gambit Alliance chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably. Uh, that's probably true on that one. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that leads his final two abilities. The final two are his uh, Zetas. There are only two Zetas on him, which is okay. nice because I'm surprised. Yeah, I have four Zetas saved right now, I, which is perfect for him. And then pop one on Quill and one on IG11. Um, so the lead the lead ability is actually fairly simple, which I appreciate so much. Um, for each scoundrel ally at the start of the battle, all scoundrel allies gain 5% max health and 5% max protection and 5% offense. And whenever an enemy takes damage, scoundrel allies gain 2% turn meter. Again, it's whenever the enemy takes damage. That means damage over times or counterattacks do count towards that 2% turn meter. Um, so, oh. And this that, is actually... the. That's huge. So yes, the the two percent thing looks real dumb at first, and I bet that that's what the Zeta is. They don't tell us exactly, Probably. but yeah, I bet that that's what the Zeta is. And it's like really two percent. Like I literally have to hit someone fifty times to get a full bonus turn. Like it's super implausible. But that's it. so every time a dot a damage over time is procked or plague not that they're probably going to get plague in this comp but right uh any time they're taking damage from something is an additional two percent and so if you stack damage over times and someone has eight of them then that's suddenly i mean it's still not a ton but when they take a turn that's 16 percent turn meter for the whole group right that's and that is worthy of a zeta <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Right. Well, well, and that that kind of passive uh, gain, like it, it's it's not enough to just take infinite turns the way like a Commander Luke team can against certain comps. Right. But it's enough that like you can you can go without quite as fast speed mods as well. Like you can kind of just like, well, you know, yeah, I need I need them I need faster characters other places, and this is going to really supplement how that team works. It also defines them as a team that will be easily countered, well, potentially, depending on all of his other interactions, who knows, yeah. and, and the armor and everything. But, um, like, Hux may end up being a really strong natural counter to that's, him. Uh, that's a good point. Um, I Even without that turn meter, though, if you put him on a full team of scoundrels, it's 25% max health, 25% max protection, those are good, especially with, you know, IG-11 and uh, L3. But 25% max offense. You put a damage dealer on that team and then say, here's an extra 25% offense. Like, whew, that's, you know, that's why CG suggested Chewie and Han, which I don't think they're going to end up on this team. But no. giving them an extra 25% offense um, – you know, never a bad thing. Um, well, yeah, and and also, I mean, they get the they get the bonus turn meter is kind of nice with them. I mean, right? It, like, who who knows? It's three v three. I still don't think they're going to end up with him, but no. I, I mean, well, maybe. I, I mean, yeah. I was using a wedge lead in three v three, so you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> like why why use someone that you don't need to? Like wedge, it, like right. like you say, like wedge is almost like. You're not going to use them anywhere else. You may as well just have them be a lead if you can yeah. find a use for them. Perfect. So, right. You know that. That being said, uh, like the the plus twenty five percent offense could really end up being a, a really strong element to it. Yeah, and Dodie Beast just said it. Vandor Chewy. I don't know if Vandor Chewy makes it onto the team, but I have honestly thought about him being on the team. So. Um, it's, it's going, it's going to be a very interesting to see what somebody like Clash comes up with. Cause you know, he's going to figure this character out quite quickly and have him R7 like day one. Um, what's going to happen is he's going to make some implausible build <laughs> and I'm going to try and follow it. <laughs> yeah. And you and I are both going to just be like, Ooh, right. okay. <laughs> And, and then it's not going to work the way we think it is. Uh, not not that he comes up with bad comps, because I actually, uh, for a theory crafter, like uh, I I tend to kind of give crap to people who post these, you know, like certain comps that I'm, like they don't really work in, you know, for everyone. It's like you have to kind of, you kind of have to cherry pick the the situation. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, so any, anyways, I I get frustrated by that. Uh, and Clash's comps, I pretty much never have this that situation of like, they're actually rock solid. I just, for some reason, I sometimes I fail to, you know, sometimes he just puts too many mods and stuff on things or too many relic levels for it to be plausible for mere mortals such as I. Well, I mean, Clash is the reason we both have R7 Stormtrooper Hans. <laughs> Right, and how often do we use those? I mean, uh, now, uh, now I don't use them at all, unfortunately. Uh, um, 
I used him this week on defense one time with Ray for fun because <laughs> I knew that that would mess my opponent up. Nice. But, I mean, that's like, yeah. it's such a situational thing, though. Um, right. Uh, so it sounds like we're ragging on Clash. He's, oh, no, I'm not ragging at all. Um, I'm just saying I listened to him, which is what gets me into trouble. Um, just discovered a marble underneath my keyboard. I was like, why can't I type? <laughs> It's messing things up. I'm sorry. Let's uh, continue. <laughs> yes. All right. So the final ability is, um, well, it's not an ability. It's his unique. It's another Zeta. It's Mando is immune to ability block. He has 40% potency, plus 40% potency, plus 40% tenacity. And the first time each scoundrel ally falls below 75% health, Mando dispels all debuffs on himself, gains one stack of whistling birds, takes a bonus turn and the cooldown of wonder of force is reset and wonder of force is the baby Yoda ability that does everything. <laughs> so that's, I mentioned earlier how you're going to get to that ability faster than the cooldown. And this right here is it. Um, if you attack anyone and get them below 75% health, Mando gets that ability. So, uh, somebody in chat said, oh, by the time you get to use that ability, who even has protection left? If you have, if you're running IG-11 and L3 on the team, they're going to be tanking hits. So the protection equalization is going to steal the protection from other people. And this is, this is how it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, this one's going to be really interesting. So this one is going to make Mando, like speed on Mando, be a little less urgent, I think. Probably. So, so like, I, I know that certain, some uh, comps using like Darth Malak, for instance, require him to be a certain speed in relation to the other characters on the team. Like, if you want Malak to... You know, if you can somehow get Malak faster than your Darth Revan and then you do a mirror match and I mean, this is all outdated, but like you do a mirror match, then Malak can go and he can dispel Sith Empire Trooper and his pre-taunt and then your Darth Revan can go and fear the whole team kind of thing. Um, otherwise, Malak is a character that you can kind of get away with having be a little slower. Um, I'm not saying always like, yes, he wants to be fast, but you don't need him to be lightning speed usually because the impact of his first few turns is the most important. So he'll get his turn and then someone will damage him and he'll get another turn immediately. And then you'll damage him more and he'll get another, like he'll, he'll just keep getting a ton of turns and he'll seem like he's really fast. Uh, even when he's, you know, like dirt slow. And then eventually like that speed deficit might catch up to you. But this is the same thing. Like for Mando, he, he can take theoretically, like he can just take like six or seven turns, like, really 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 fast yeah yeah you bring in a couple of aoe characters <laughs> and, right oh well yeah. and he gains one stack of whistling birds so he can immediately use the like he can immediately start ignoring taunt and um and stealth and stealth yeah which yeah. by the way ignoring stealth is really interesting no one's been able to do that so far i wonder so you take a character like hoda who has 100% evasion while stealth. I wonder how that's going to interact. Probably still have 100% evasion. Um, it just, 
you know, I've never had to think about it before. And now people can be targeted in stealth. So, oh, yeah, it's going to change. I, I'm really excited for this kit. I think, I think he's going to be a game changer. I don't know exactly how, but yeah, he's, he's going to be good. I'm excited to, I'm interested to find out. Will he be faster than, uh, what's his name? The, than Gid? Moff oh, Moff yeah. <laughs> Probably not. But, like, I guess the real question for me is, how tanky is he going to be? That's, I mean, the current Mando has basically no health and protection. But he has a revive, which, you know, the Bounty Hunters Resolve revive. So, I agree. I, I want to see, he's a galactic legend, or not a galactic legend, <sighs> Um, he's a legendary or hero's journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, usually they are much more survivable. So we'll see. I, you know, we, we shall see. I, (laughs) STP. (laughs) Thank you, STP. Um, so why don't, before everybody wants to theory craft teams and we kind of hinted at this because we already talked about it. Um, but why don't we go back because before we can theory craft, we are missing what is likely to be a very, very important piece of this puzzle that we are not going to figure out until January now. Um, Damn it all. And yep. I think there's no, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a way that armor doesn't come into this team somehow. Uh, a lot of people have said that'll be Watt type person, but armor does take fools out as well in the show. So I think uh, she could still be a combatant with a few abilities. Like, like Kuil yeah. is kind of similar to that too, actually. Fair, fair. I. She is the final piece, so I think. I mean, I don't know how she's going to come out. I don't think it's going to be a marquee. Like, why would you tease a character like this with a sneak peek, then say it's going to be in the state of the galaxy and just make it a marquee? I so okay. So this might make sense on some levels as a uh, you're 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 gunning for the epic confrontation thing. Um, something it's something more than a marquee i my original prediction was epic confrontation so i feel like i kind of have to stick to my guns without any new information um but i think it's something more than just oh here's the character of three stars yeah well so, so that's fair i think that 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 could very well be the case i think epic confrontation you know like it, it the two epic confrontations that we've had have had like really crazy character requirements, uh, not to mention then you only unlock at five stars. I could see her being an unlock at five stars or even lower. And then we have to pay GET one or two to unlock all the way to seven stars. I could see that. Uh, I I don't want that, but I could see it. (laughs) Um, I could also, I I don't think it'll be an actual epic confrontation though. I, I would be, I would be extremely surprised by, you know, if they called it that, especially because yeah. not that she's, she's not a, she's not an uncool character, but 
she's also she's not epic in any way really like yeah i i don't like unlock malik he's he's like the big bad guy in in an entire video game you know like in a 40 hour long video game and and so like he's pretty epic general skywalker like obviously epic um the armorer that we've seen in like two total mando episodes or something like that not not epic that that's fair and that's been my argument for a lot of people throwing out proposed galactic legends and stuff like uh from the mando shows and it's like who's a galactic legend right now i guess now we're two seasons in but like who's a galactic legend the answer is no nobody um at least at the right. moment. So not yet. Um, but I just think that it's more than a marquee. Like I, I don't think you start building up hype for this marquee over a month ahead of time. And somebody mentioned that uh, Moff was in the road ahead, but that was like two weeks beforehand. It, it wasn't a, you know, it, it wasn't over a month ahead. And because not only do they say. Uh, she's coming next month it's you'll find out more about how to get her next month <laughs> like it's uh, the way they the the way they mention it i just i i think it has to be more than a marquee maybe we will see um i mean there there's also stuff like there there was that uh there's a data mine for a new game mode that we we should really not spend much time speculating but like this new game right. mode would have like new currency you could say that maybe she's earned through that. You could also make her earned through the new Rancor challenge. Uh, you know, as a, you know, they throw her in there later, like she's finally ready or something. Um, who knows? I also, I think the biggest thing for me, and I, you and I have discussed this a lot, and we have different viewpoints on it as well. I it, we haven't discussed what her implications are though. I I've said for a while. I think that we're going to get a Mandalorian faction soon. And this is before we knew for sure she was yeah. coming out. So maybe maybe that data has changed your view a little bit. But I mean, obviously, Beskar Mando right now does not have a Mandalorian tag. Um, but the, the truth is, there is a lot. Uh, there are a lot of just disparate uh, Mandalorians out there that could kind of come into the fold, like... Uh, Sabine, Gar Saxon, Imperial Super Commando, I think is what his name is, ISC, uh, Candorus, and now, now uh, Django may or may not be. Uh, I think that they did. Um, anyways, we probably shouldn't talk about that yet. <laughs> Even though if, if people aren't watching Mando, they do it. There's like so many spoilers out there. Um, anyways, like there were enough to make a, an okay Mando faction. And like, if if you have the right leader, you could actually make them all pretty good, I think. Yeah. Like Gar has, I've just been waiting, like, please make Gar good. It seems like he should be good. He's not, but it seems like he just needs like one thing to interact with and he'll, he'll actually be relevant. Yeah, I... I think we see a the Mandalorian tag like Rogue One or Phoenix before we see a 
Mandalorian tag with the entire faction because I just don't see them. Sorry, Prime. Um, I don't see them wanting to combine Gar Saxon and Sabine on a team when they are natural enemies. <laughs> like I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I also. I just don't think it makes sense with the characters we have in the game. Now, if they add, oh, avoid spoilers. If they add three other Mandos that we have seen, um, then maybe. And I can see Sabine getting wrapped in really easily. Like my my complaint isn't about Sabine, but I think people like Candorous and Gar and ISC. I don't think they're going to ever get a Mandal- uh, Mandalorian tag. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see with what we have now that it happens. Now, anything can happen <laughs> with the next character release that changes my mind. I'm not saying never. I'm just saying based on what we have at the moment, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I just don't know. Um, I think... Here's the thing, though. So here's my argument. Like you say, you you say you don't think that's going to happen because of the characters we have currently. I would bet really good money that you did not predict the. Uh, you wouldn't have been able to predict the Mon Mothma kit. No, like, the impact she had on Pow. Like uh, not just Pow, but she made a lot of completely irrelevant characters actually relevant like hoth rebel scout pow like the pow zeta is like amazingly custom built around her now it's like why wouldn't you zeta him it's amazing okay but the different the difference is that all those characters in theory had one synergy they were already synergized may not have been a good synergy but they were all already rebels. They just created a separate subset. Now to do a Mando faction, you're going to steal from bounty hunters. You're going to steal from the empire. You're going to steal from rebels. Like it's not, it's not one faction. Um, Like all, all Mon Mothma did was basically make a faction that's already in the game better um also the difference with mon mothma when you say you couldn't have predicted it i could have predicted a rebel leader coming into the game and making the other rebels better like that's not what the problem is the mando tag is probably the number one asked for thing on Reddit in the forums next to a uh, fulcrum being on the Phoenix squad. I mean, every week there's at least two posts about why don't we have a Mando tag? So there is so much hype on this Mando tag. I don't see them. um, And yes, next to reworking Mace for some God knows reason. Um, But I don't see them just basically saying, okay, let's throw all these 
you know, a couple empire tunes and a couple bounty hunters. And oh, by the way, when we steal these bounty hunters from this bounty hunter team, we're, they're not going to have contracts. Sorry, because you can't give the current Mando in the game his contract immediately like you did Django on a separatist <laughs> team. Like you can't give him, you know, the, that. <laughs> the disintegrate on first turn. So you're going to have to like completely rework current Mando's kit to bring him into a Mandalorian faction. It, it just, it sounds like a lot more work than bringing in one character that just says, okay, you're a bunch of crappy rebels. We're going to make you good rebels now. Well, good, good under this one very specific team. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be if you have a valid argument. I I think that what I'm, I think what I'm thinking is also valid. <laughs> we'll we'll see it. We'll see what happens. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm 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 fully prepared to be wrong. I just um, I hope. Yeah. I don't care about Fulcrum being Phoenix. That would be kind of <laughs> neat, I guess. But I don't. You know. I don't really care that much. I care more about. What I want is another faction because I want to plan around another faction. I want, <laughs> that's what I want. I want those interactions. So if you don't give me a Mando faction, give me something else that's cool. I, I don't care. Just give me something cool and that, I'm good. That's fair. And my, uh, my last argument for why we shouldn't have a Mando faction is because Mandalorians in and of themselves are so factionalized anyway in actual lore. Like none of them get along. <laughs> You know, none of them, no Mandos actually get along with other Mandos. You're like, oh, you're that creepy cult. Oh, you're the crazy guys. Like, they all hate each other anyway. So then to synergize them would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate each other. But here you go. Everyone in a group. Everybody in a group. Let's go. You're going to work as a perfect team now. <laughs> right. Um, well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We, I, and I'm just, I want I, it to work. And it would be so nice to have a use for Gar Saxon. Honestly, <laughs> I've you, I've even Prime asked I've even asked <laughs> before I even met Prime. Actually, I you can ask Clash. Maybe he won't remember. We could check our chat history though. Like I've I've pestered him about Gar Saxon too. I'm like, so you know how to make good kit or you know how to make good comps. Find something for Gar Saxon. Like <laughs> I, I've wanted him to be good for a while. So. Yeah. Uh, if if he's not, I, I will live. Apparently, that's what I've been doing. But um, it would just be nice. That's all. Yeah, and like I said, it, I'm not saying never. I'm just saying based on what we have right now, I I don't see it. Um, a lot can change in you know one year's time though. So who knows? Uh, all right. So we've <laughs> we knew this was going to take a while, but why don't we? Why don't we finally progress? Um, Let's do it. All right. So next up, weird. This is a Grand Arena podcast, and we haven't even talked about Grand Arena yet. Um, even remotely, gosh. So we have restarted 5v5. You know, all of us forgot how to 5v5, and now here we are. How'd you do How'd you do this week? Um. Well, my, my first match was was relatively easy uh, my guy let's see what what happened i put three galactic legends down just based off of what his kind of tendencies are the way i read him um 
So I put I put Sith Eternal uh, in in the front, and yeah, my guy. I did. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Like, did he even clear me? I think he did clear me, but it wasn't that efficient because uh, he kept. Oh, that's right. He kept like every single thing for offense. That's that's what happened. He kept all the things. Um, and so I cleared him super efficiently. He didn't manage to clear me efficiently and I won. Like, uh, I don't know. It was a pretty standard, like I, we, we even messaged some and he was, uh, he was like, oh yeah, I, I fought, I faced GOM twice and those were my very favorite matches. Um, I, I only really ever try in, Galact- or in Grand Arena against like really good players. So I'm going to try hard against you. I was like, I guess I'm flattered, but, um, but he's like, yeah, the only times he's like, I barely lost to Gom twice. And I'm like, I better win. I better beat this guy. So I can't. <laughs> so, so we don't have like this weird triangulation of where, you know, where Gom um, beats this guy and I can't beat the guy and therefore Gom is better. You know, I prefer, prefer to keep that uh, questionable at least. So or debatable. <laughs> Um, yeah. anyways, I, I beat him by like 80, I think. <laughs> anyway, I beat him by 80. No, yeah. nothing big. <laughs> I know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I wanted to message him and say like, so did Gom ever beat you by 80? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. He was a very nice guy. I don't mean to belittle him at all. So, uh, how was your first match solo? I was, my opponent kept all of his galactic legends on offense. He didn't really, other than a general Grievous squad, he didn't he didn't set anything on defense I had to worry about. Um, and I went in, you know, I went into this week, I kept three galactic legends on offense every time because you can't really scout the history. So I was facing no hard teams and I went in with three galactic legends and I steamrolled... <laughs> the offense he with all of his galactic legends on offense lost to my mon mothma team and so i had an easy win it was only 30 banners though it wasn't it wasn't 80 like some of us in this room it was a fairly (laughs) fairly calm first round i like to i like to think of it as uh pedestrian (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so round two how did uh how'd your round two go so round two, I actually, I, so I was making a video. So people have been asking me about how, how I scout people. And so I did a very thorough scouting on video and I came up with some comps that I was sure this guy was going to jump into with both feet. And he did, and it just derailed him hard. Um, so like I, he, he always does the Ray mirror match, like always, yeah. always. And so I, I found a, an example of a time that he lost it and he, he always got bad. He always got poor banners on like the multi-tank uh, versions of Ray. So what I ended up doing was um, I, I I had like Stormtrooper Han. I think I alluded to it before. I put him in there and L3 and Holdo and I don't know, someone <laughs> else who was tanky. I, I forget now, but uh and I put him in the front zone. I was like, I'm not going to take the chance that my opponent doesn't try 
this uh, this mirror. Like I'm going to make it impossible for them to ignore it. And then they also made kind of poor decisions against General Sky or against General Grievous. Uh, they always use like uh, either either General Skywalker, which which isn't terrible, but it's bad banners. Um, or they tried to use Night Sisters against Gr- Grievous Newt. And what essentially happened was he failed twice, or he failed once against the General Grievous squad. He failed twice against Ray, And then in the back, I was hiding my Darth Revan and my Supreme Leader Kylo. And he, he ended up not being able, he took like four to clear my Darth Revan eventually. He cleared the rest of the board okay. And then he couldn't get through my uh, Supreme Leader Kylo. <laughs> so, and, and I got a very efficient full clear. So yeah. it was... It's a good match uh, for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Another nice guy. We, we talked as well. Uh, just uh, he made himself extremely vulnerable to scouting the way he, the way his tendencies were. So um, yeah. Yeah. How was your second round? Uh, second round was much like the first where my opponent kept every galactic legend for offense and which really left me, you know, just kind of the, easy like (laughs) skip through his defenses uh he didn't lose to any of my defenses but i think i was only 11 banners off the soft max so i ended up winning on efficiency by i think i won by eight so he he played fairly efficiently as well but i you know it was still kind of a cruise control and one by eight type situation so nothing (laughs) honestly there was nothing to talk about in that one um, so now we're both two and oh, we're headed into the championship. How did your round three go? Um, so it, it was uh, less ideal. Uh, my opponent had very close to the same lifetime banners as me. I think I'm at like 580 or something right now, 580k, and he's at 560k. So, uh, you know, I'm I have a little advantage there, otherwise. We're pretty evenly matched. Both have four Galactic Legends. Neither of us even have the ultimate on Sith Eternal. So uh, that, that was fine. And then um, actually after, after scouting and stuff, I, I got the feeling I was pretty sure he was going to place uh, his Commander Luke team on defense. So I kept my General Grievous squad. And that's exactly what happened. He, he placed his Commander Luke team. Um, so I used Grievous and smashed it for 58 banners, which is a good start. Uh, and then the, the, I think the thing that threw me the most for a loop, other than something I'll tell you in just a minute, but there was, uh, he has a seven star key Eddie Mundy at Relic <laughs> 7. And I there's no way I can even test against that. There's no one on our shard, on my arena shard, that has a, a Relic 7 key Eddie Mundy or a seven, even a seven star key Eddie Mundy. And so I, it's like, I don't, a lot of times I don't know these kits until necessity comes. And so what, what, what ended up happening was his Grandmaster Yoda, he had him modded like really fast. So Grandmaster Yoda uh, plus Kiati Mundi, it ends up with, he ended up with 360 uh, speed, 361 speed, which is nuts on a really fast character anyways. And then the thing that's really crazy is that he amped up his, um, his health, and with the General Kenobi lead and the Kiedi Mundi special or unique, uh, 
the all the interactions I, I i'm not going to just spend time telling you all this stuff but the all the interactions ended up resulting in grandmaster yoda having like 23k special offense <laughs> which is absurd like yeah. it i'm scared of grandmaster yodas with like 10k special offense kind of thing like and so when I saw him at first, it only, the stat only says 8K. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then someone watching was like, oh, actually, look at the Kiati Monday thing. And like the rules, in it. I was like, that is crazy. And, and then he added all these people with all these different um, counters. And I, like, it was a very scary team. So I did what every wise streamer does against a new comp and threw a Galactic Legend at him. <laughs> And I, I ended up with like 56 banners after using my non-ultimate Sith Eternal. I felt like that was a good enough trade. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't have anything too crazy in the back. He had a Ray team that I was pretty sure I could handle. Um, and, and so I had all these teams available and I'm like, okay, so the one no-brainer that we're going to do, like the one we joke about that we can't ever lose is... Uh, we use nice sisters against geos and he had placed geos. I'm like, okay, we're just going to take one of these teams out. So then I can figure out the last four teams that I'm going to counter. And so nice sisters went in and uh, lost, which uh, like I've lost. The only other time I've ever lost that is when I crashed and this wasn't <laughs> right. a crash. I just like looking back, it was like this series of mind numbing RNG mishaps and <laughs> It's like that that's what yeah. has to happen for that counter to fail and it did and so I dropped 20 banners and and then I was really efficient the rest of the way through ended up with uh a decent clear he failed once against my supreme leader Kylo I was feeling good um but then he ended up beating me by 3 and it, uh I've been really trying hard not to just focus on the the night sister match like He's a great player and had good defenses and uh, it, it was really close anyways. It, it did really hurt. Losing by three sucked. I, yeah. I'm still hurting. And then of course he's mocking me on um, the in-game chat. He's like, oh, sorry, I snapped your 14 game losing streak. I'm like, thanks, bud. <laughs> but you know, uh, what, what you going to do? So, you know, he, he was a nice guy and actually attacked before the stream started. Um, uh, or he attacked my first zone, which is, you know, that I really appreciate that because he knew he knew who I was and he said that he'd been looking forward to it all week uh, to our match. So, um, yeah, it, it yeah. was it was very disappointing. Losing by three sucks, but it was also a really epic match. Oh, yeah. I also <laughs> I didn't even mention it. I used troopers to kill Sith Eternal Emperor. So there's that. <laughs> Uh, well, at least that came out of this match. I I was so frustrated watching that Night Sister battle. Because, like you said, I mean, I've done that battle, God, more times than I can count at this point. And it's always an easy win. Like, it's Night Sister, so it's always a little buck clenching. But it's always, I, I just take it for granted, um, you know. And. There it was. So much so that afterwards, I rewatched the fight just to see what what went wrong. And it was, I mean, it's pure pure RNG where his brute had tenacity down. Um, your Daka was exposed. You had to attack his brute, and even with tenacity down, you didn't land a stun. He counterattacked, popped the expose, and 
that just <laughs> that was that basically like oh I, I, so frustrating man i was so bummed out oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know i i i just i don't like to lose so uh, you know yeah it, yep. I, i'm allowed to lose to a good player though he's a good player has good lifetime banners He's gunning for me, so he's like gonna be ask extra spe- extra careful about his counters. Like it happens, it, it totally it does. does. I just, yeah. I still hate losing. Of course. Uh, How was your course. final match solo? Uh, so I went up against uh, you know somebody else that actually put Galactic Legends on defense, um, which was very surprising. In fact, it was it was a difficult defense all around. So my opponent placed. Ray with Jawas and L3, which if you don't know, that's the anti-Vader uh, comp. Then placed a Jedi Knight Luke lead with Jedi Master Luke, Hoda, Kanan, and Shakti, which again, that's kind of built to stop uh, off-meta counters from beating it because that Jedi Knight Luke lead, you know, just slows down your off-meta counters to basically nothing. Uh, then, you know, standard Grievous. And on the bottom, he had a Darth Revan team. So that's now two Galactic Legends, Grievous and Darth Revan in the front. And he had a Django team. I see the Django team. I'm like, oh, bounty hunters. I can just break out the troopers and this is going to be easy. And I look at Django's speed and it's fast, but it's not, you know, anything. I look at Bosk's speed and it's like, Okay, I, I can outrun this with my troopers easily. I think it was a tenacity build on Bosk with only 281 speed. So you add the 30 and it's 311, not, not that fast. Um, and then, so I, you know, I, I go to the other zones to make my plan. Then I go back, like, let me check the speeds one more time. I look at Grief and he has his Grief at 311, which means under the Django lead, Grief is going to be at 341, which is faster than my troopers by what uh five um and so i couldn't use troopers on it and then so i was like okay i don't want to use vader because this guy's placed hard defenses i might need vader in the back but then i was like i'm gonna have to use vader like i don't know who else to use and then i look like oh god there's no rebels or jedi on this other team i'm not fast enough to beat him and then it was actually your idea, since grief is light side, I used Piet lead to reduce his grief's speed by 15. <laughs> and then I was able to use Vader because it brought grief down to 326. It brought Vader down to 327, or up to 327, I should say. And then they didn't get a turn. <laughs> I finished for 60 banners. It's the fight on the board that I spent the most time thinking about, and the other team ended up not getting a turn. Um, so Isn't when that we funny s- the, the yeah. impact Vader has on a team, <laughs> right? Uh, so when we say have a plan, have a plan because it honestly that was pr- the toughest with what I had. That was the toughest matchup for me, but just putting some thought into it before coming into this round and it meant nothing. But so I opened the back zone and he's got his full bastard CLS team back there. So he has full bastard Darth Revan, full bastard CLS, two galactic legends. And he clearly kept his gas for um, offense because he had 
Rex uh, Rex led clones with Zaris back there, which isn't a hard team per se, but at the same time, it's, he didn't give me an easy fight on the board. Um, so I cleared for my worst banners ever, and or not ever, but my worst banners in a while. And in fact, I was below 2100. I finished at 2098. Got awful banners. Um, but the good news is my opponent attacked before I fought and lost five times. <laughs> so um, it was never in doubt, really, as long it, as you could clear. Right. As, as long as I cleared, except for, oh, the other thing is they put um, a full bastard negotiator on defense, too. The, the old Rex Y Wing uh Anakin lineup which is just a pain in the ass to counter and I was able to get through that as well because that that was my big fear on that one as well so I finished the week three and oh uh keeping the dream alive I have avoided chromium by 102 banners nice and luckily (laughs) there is no little red one hanging out (laughs) tempting me uh to claim a feat so I will avoid chromium this week. Thank God. Uh, yeah. I would have liked to see you in there. But... I'm sure you would have, but I am not pulling a Kleso. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> one not day. This time. One day solo. Yes. You're going to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was our week. That was, um, well, for both of us, the first two rounds were kind of just <laughs> – a breeze, I guess you could say. Uh, the For both of us, the final fight, though, the championship round, I mean, presented some legitimate challenges to us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it was good. It was it was a good st- first week, I feel like. I'm glad you finally got an easy first week, too. Oh, God, me too. The last, I mean, the last Grand Arena, it was what? I had five people on both accounts, over 500 K lifetime banners and this was before the last grand arena season so that would be the equivalent of like five people over 530k lifetime banners this time which is just it was exhausting like literally i mean i came out of that first week unscathed last time but oh my god it was i I was ready to quit right right then and there yeah i don't blame you man um yeah, I'm glad glad we're through it, though. We'll see what the next week holds. Yep. Um, we have a bunch of podcast questions. Unsure if we can get through all of them tonight, honestly. Yeah, why don't we get started, though? And the first, a couple of these are quicker, too, which is sure. nice. Um, first one is relics or mods. Where do you invest between rounds? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I don't remember the context of that question, but so between in, in GAC, uh, like between week one and week two or whatever, I usually I, I don't really do that. But for the most part, I just follow the plan that I'm on. Like every once in a while, I'm like, ooh, OK, so this character could really use one extra relic level because of an experience I had or whatever. So sometimes I'll do that. I think the biggest thing for me though, is um, I want to try different team comps and stuff throughout the GAC, uh, you know, if one isn't working or whatever. And yeah. so I need specific speeds or uh, mod sets on them. So that's, that's where my biggest tweaks are. It's like, okay, 
I don't want Supreme Leader Kylo to be fast anymore. I want him to have a lot of health or, you know, just something that just is yeah. a random example. But um, yeah, so I think modding is really the, the main change for me. I don't, I don't change that much in between rounds though. Yeah, I, between rounds, I, mods would be the answer. I don't change that much, but you know, the previous week you farm up just randomly through events and stuff, or if you're actually farming mods, you'll pick up a couple plus 15s. And so I will go through every night before I click join and I will make sure I add any of the better mods to my character, to the characters I'm going to use uh, just to give them, you know, an extra three speed or an extra four or five speed. Um, I also will six E any mods from the you know, the galactic challenges to add extra speed or secondary set stats that I'm looking for or primary stats. Like uh, just today, you know, we got the galactic challenge rewards and I think I got, I focused on two crosses, two offense crosses that were still uh, five-star mods and I got them to six star to get that extra offense bonus. So mods is probably my answer there. Not probably. It is the answer there. Um, yeah, right. At this point, relics are as needed. Right, right. Uh, yes, ex exactly. Uh, all right, so we've talked about spending a little bit on this podcast tonight. So for those of us who spend, what rules do we have? Are they formal, informal? How do you decide to spend and when? I actually like this question because it comes up a lot with people that want to spend, you know, not necessarily whales, but there are people that want to spend, you know, $20 here or there. Um, so I think it's good to probably talk about how we, we approach it. Right. Um, well, so at this point, I think as people would define it, I, th I would say that I'm, I'm a whale. I'm like a baby whale though. I don't, I haven't yet add a character that I wailed on unless you could count like a galactic legend that I spent extra money on to, uh, you know, gear characters to get faster. Um, yeah. I, so like, I, I've never actually used the, the random, uh, whatever it's called in, in, packs. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the packs. I, Moff Gideon pack. I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's just called a pack. Um, I've never used I've never used a pack before. Like I've never actually bought even one. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm afraid. I'm scared. But um, yeah. So I, I do spend some money though. And usually, what I'm spending on are targeted specific packs that I see that are going to be good deals. Like. Um, like one of them that I've been really liking, they've they it, it's been recurring uh, every once in a while. They I, I keep seeing it, uh, where you can buy and it's still not like a wonderful deal, but it's like a hundred bucks for like one of each gear twelve plus piece, yeah, uh, or of the uh, yeah of the good pieces. So like that that's like packs usually are going to be better than crystals. I do buy crystals sometimes, but. You should just know that crystals are never going to be as efficient as a pack that sells gear. Almost never. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I, I buy the 
I do buy the 10 or $20 packs that give us a, an extra an extra number of shards of a character to get them to four stars or whatever. I, I do that. And yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been less and less efficient as I spend more. That's just kind of how it works. If you want to spend a lot, then eventually you're going to have to just start spending on crystals because there aren't enough packs to really satisfy you. But um, I don't know. That's, that's, those are my thoughts anyways. I, I don't have a specific methodology. Usually it's as needed. Like, but I guess the, the main thing is really finding things. I don't just like randomly, I'm not like, oh man, you know, it would be cool as if, if I wanted to just amuse people by getting cup up to 13. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's more like what's going to make an actual impact on my roster right now, you know? And so I, like I recently got shore trooper up to, relic five i had to spend a little bit to get him there and uh, but now i've used him i used him all three rounds of grand arena to get effect so like uh, have a plan i guess like uh, you need you need to target characters that are going to be good and that's, that they're going to help you so what about you solo i mine is very targeted spending um i do buy I, every marquee uh, well, every marquee I think is good, which means every marquee for the past year and a half, I've bought the 10 or $20 pack because $20 saves you a month of farming. <laughs> and that honestly, if it's going to save me a month, it's, it's worth it. Um, and it's not just that it's $20 plus it gives you $10 worth of crystals, um, which I then usually buy one of the random crystal packs. And that's probably not the right thing to do, but ever one day I'll, I'll hit the lottery on that. Um, hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but, um, so I'll do that. I, my spending is if I'm working on a character, I'm going to look like, and I need, I know I need X, Y, and Z gear. You, the packs aren't in the actual store themselves. When you go into the store, it's, basically the um, journey guide packs where you click on the piece of gear and there's good, there's these like mysterious packs that you don't see anywhere else because they're hiding in the journey guide, but they show if you click on the gear pieces, you can see them. And I will look at those packs because some of them aren't good. <laughs> Admittedly, some of them are good, but if you look at like the crystal per dollar breakdown, some of those packs are just fantastic value. Uh, let me see if I can, pull one up real quick you just got to be real careful with that though because sometimes it'll you'll think you're buying something and like i think the biggest culprit are like the data pads the gear yeah. 12 versus gear 13 or something yeah sometimes it's oh like, yeah yeah you're like wow really i'm getting this and, and in reality you already have like a million of them but yeah it, it looks like you're getting gear 13 instead of gear 12 right you, you do have to be careful about what you're uh, <laughs> always check before you purchase. That is, um, but I, I do routinely, I won't buy something if the crystal value doesn't match up. Like, um, you know, uh, if, if you like the hyperdrive bundle was worth like $500 worth of crystals, basically. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a very easy purchase for me because of, 
how great it was. Uh, but I, before I bought it, I sat down and I was like, all right, if I got this amount of stun guns, how much, how many crystals would it cost me? And if I got this amount of gold eyeballs, how much would it cost me? And if, you know, I, I broke it down and that's when I, when I make a purchase, that's what I do every time I make sure it's going to be a better value. You know, we're talking about, <laughs> stuff in a game so obviously people will argue that there is no value to it but in-game currency is it a decent value yep agreed yeah all right uh next question sith eternal emperor versus supreme leader kylo who do you go for first if you have the requirements met for supreme leader kylo but no gear and 30 percent of the gear requirements and 80 percent of the character requirements for sith eternal emperor um yeah papa palp or whiny kylo who do you go for first 30 percent of gear requirements so you have the star requirements Matt. okay so gear requirements on the rest of the characters i guess yeah, yeah. um but you're almost there on sith eternal that's a great question um yeah i would st- if you're that close, if you're really 80%, like truly 80% there, I'd probably go Sith Eternal. I I don't, I wouldn't normally advise someone to go for Sith Eternal first, but 80%, like that's, that's really damn close. Like you're already paying most of the price for Sith Eternal anyways. Right. And, and like 30% of, uh, of Supreme Leader Kylo, like that's nothing really. Like, yeah, I... I so I struggle a lot with Supreme Leader Kylo with when people when people say who should I go for first and it's if it wasn't for the Sith raid Supreme Leader Kylo I would never choose Kylo to go first or second even quite honestly I, I think if you take the Sith raid out he's like the third best galactic legend you can't take the Sith raid out though <laughs> um, so I. I would probably still say, um, I, I would probably still say go for Sith Eternal though, just because Sith Eternal is so much easier to get. Um, like honestly, when you look at the gear requirements for Sith Eternal Emperor, is so much easier to get. Um, so I, I'd probably say that. And for all people talk bad about Sith Eternal Emperor because he is easy to counter on defense. Man, he is a powerhouse on defense or on offense once you unlock that ultimate. It's just like, oh, you have a team of five people in front of me? Not anymore. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, people, I feel like he's in a similar place as uh, Jedi Knight Luke. Like, people people are like, oh, I don't think he's good. Like, he sucks, whatever. Well, and people, yeah. it, it doesn't suck if you compare him to the very best characters in the whole game he's not as good but he's still still pretty damn good like he's tough to he's he'll kill almost anything pretty efficiently i mean the only thing palp can't kill is supreme leader kylo ironically um but you know supreme leader kylo is not that good on defense anymore either the second people the second the masses got Jedi Knight Luke, I mean, 
and my shard became filled with God, I hate the Supreme Leader Kylo owners to the Supreme Leader Kylo owners whining that they're dropping back to 30 because everybody's targeting them for the easier fights. So, you know, um, anyway, I, I would go, I would go Sith Eternal Emperor in that, yep. in that situation. And in fact, on my alt, I am closer gear wise to Sith Eternal Emperor than I am Supreme Leader Kylo. So on my alt, uh, Supreme Leader Kylo will be the last Galactic Legend that we get, or that I get. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the thing about Supreme Leader Kylo is you also get a bunch of very usable, very functional, and strong characters. You do. You do. Um, yeah. My my decision is based solely on on. If I go for Supreme Leader Kylo, I need 1,200 Carbontes and I think 1,400 Kyratex. And if I go for Palp, I need 600 Carbontes and 1,000 Kyratex. So it's like, oh, this farm is like two months faster if I just go for Palp. That's what made that decision for me. Totally fair. Just uh, in general, I mean, that's just something to keep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I do agree with that. Yeah. Um. All right. <sighs> I, I'm reminded, like we just hit the two-hour mark, and I'm just reminded of a time when we were talking to the Escape Podcast guys, um, and Nev was like, "Could you imagine, like, talking about Galaxy of Heroes for two hours straight without a break? Like, <laughs> like no one, no reasonable person could ever do that." Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, yeah, we do that every night or every week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right. So uh, we can wrap these up fairly quickly. So last year, CG said Star Wars doesn't celebrate Christmas and then came out with packs. Can they possibly be so tone deaf to ignore the holidays again? Something. What do you think? Um, <laughs> We're probably not going to. we they give us the the Star Wars uh, the anniversary thing, which is pretty dang close to Christmas. I mean, right? I yeah, it would be nice to have a nod to that, but but did, I, did like they also they gave us like assault battles every day, and you got a ton of free rewards with them. Yep, we we um, totally did. Uh, and then people complained when they went away. So uh, just because they didn't give out free stuff, it's not that they didn't do things um yeah I, would, I yeah i didn't like their arguments honestly that was people people said that they were tone deaf and yeah so they gave the holiday bundles and stuff but they were actually like decent deals as well in terms of <laughs> like the in-game economy like i i had no problem with that i know hopefully we're not running running off one of our listeners but i just I don't feel like it was tone deaf of them. Like, I, I don't know. I just didn't have an issue with what they did. So may, maybe, maybe I should. I don't know. I just, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, packs. It's fine. They, they're they going to give us packs anyways. You may as well yeah. put some like Christmas lights on them. <laughs> right. We're going to get packs no matter what. Um, all right. So next, now that you've both had a week with Sith Eternal Emperor, would you say it's worth it for accounts in our GP range? So, or save everything for the next GL if I'm a hoarder. 
I will say Sith Eternal Emperor has the best ultimate in the game, or at least the most fun. I should phrase it that way. It's the most fun ultimate in the game. I love using... I, I basically only climb with Sith Eternal Emperor right now. Uh, it, it's such an easy climb. I can basically auto every team I'm up against. So I would say 100% go for him. Yeah, um, at, at like the 7.2, 7.3, whatever it is, range. Yeah, he's totally worth it. And you're going to feel the deficit if you don't have him. Like, yeah. uh, he'll probably just stay on offense for the most part. But you, you can mess with someone, honestly, by putting him on defense sometimes, surprise him. Um, you got to make it so that your team can't be troopered. That's that's probably the biggest risk. Like, Well, just don't put him on defense. Well, if you're if you're gonna put him on defense, you have to have some kind yeah. of a plan to not get troopered. Is all I'm saying, um, right? At least not easily, because um, he, he does have some value on defense, anyways. He's just he is a very impactful character. Um, like I said, I, yes, he's very worth it. I don't think hoarding is gonna be worthwhile. Uh, uh, sorry, hoarding is always worthwhile in in so on some level like then you can just get the character you want immediately um and i know that some people who are free to play especially really rely on that strategy so nothing against people who want to do that i also just think that you're missing out like he is legitimately one of the strongest characters in the game even if other really strong characters can solo his entire team if he's on defense. That's not his only value. And like you said, he is one of the best ultimates in the game. He's uh, in terms of what it means to a character, his ultimate is the most impactful. Like right. I'm I'm about to unlock it tonight actually. His uh, his ultimate and I I'm super excited because yes, he he will beat a lot of other teams without it, but with it he he goes I mean, it, <laughs> he goes it's like nuts. A, yeah, it's it's like you finally it's the same kind of difference as like adding a Zeta to Emperor Palpatine's lead, which I guess that's kind of a funny um <laughs> parallel considering he's another Palpatine. But like you put that Zeta on Palpatine Palpatine lead and you're suddenly able to do so much more. Yeah. And it's the same way with Ultimate. So yeah, it just and plus his requirements aren't that bad compared to any other galactic legend. It's like, you probably already have a bunch of those characters pretty close anyways. Yeah. Uh, real quick question from the chat is, is first order stormtrooper Zeta worth getting? I, I have it. I think it's a good Zeta. Um, if you're going to use first order stormtrooper or you have him geared, I, I think it's 100% worth getting. What about I've, you? Yeah. I've said if, so I, I'm one of those cool uh, hipster first order guys who used, <laughs> I used first order since Grand Arena started. Like I, I, I've always liked, I've always liked first order and that the, the only Zeta, I, I don't like the Phasma Zeta and I don't like the first order uh, type pilot Zeta. Um, otherwise every, basically every other Zeta on the entire faction is good. Including yeah. the stormtrooper one. That being said, would it be the first like thirty Zetas I'd put on? Probably not. Like right. if you're if you're somewhere around the hundred range and you want to make your first order team better, it it is a surprisingly impactful Zeta though. Like it, it the times that I've because I make videos about the the fights I have, you go back and notice 
just how many times he counters and calls someone to assist and how that shifts things in a huge way. Like it's, it's pretty impactful. It doesn't maybe seem like it, but it is. All right. Last, last podcast question. Uh, There are now six Mando show tunes. I have no Zetas on any of them. What's the first Zeta to apply? It's probably too early to be absolutely sure, but worth a discussion. Um, What do you think? Oh God. I, I honestly, yes. Um, (laughs) That's, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them except for the Moff Gideon lead. I, I, I don't think I will ever apply that quite honestly um or the um the mando the original mando or the mando lead yeah yeah agreed on that one um but i have cara dune at r4 and just she's the reason i'm getting holds um with her zeta and tb battles are with mon mothma are incredibly easy with her uh grief's zetas are fantastic (laughs) Um, Quill and IG-11 you, you combine those two and they are just an unstoppable <laughs> duo um, they're, they're like the Wampa debate over again it's like <laughs> you ask certain people and someone, one person says I just really think the IG-11 Zeta is like yeah. impossible to do, to live without if we're going to use them Right. Uh, so get that one and, and then other people like legitimately two people will argue about this of like no the quill one is absolutely the one you need <laughs> it's the only vital one you can do without the ag11 and it's like i kind of agree with both like they're both really strong zetas you should eventually if you're going to use that team and i think you will because they're strong characters you want to you want both of those yeah i oh god i would probably save the zetas for mando's unique <laughs> um uh, d- yeah. based on what we read i think mando's unique is the first one you should apply um that might change when we see the stats in the and the kits but right now i would say save it for a day and see how new mando comes out and that would probably be the first i apply yeah, so so the new Mando, probably you're right. Like the new the new Mandalorian character, the Beskar Mando is, is probably gonna be the best. Um, and then honestly, if if you wanted to if you wanted to have one, I don't even know if it's gonna be part of the same squad, but I really like uh, the grief ones. Right. Like both both of the grief ones are really good. I think the one that uh, like I think they're both uniques actually, so it's especially hard to tell, but um yeah the, the grief grief ones are good agreed so what's next uh that's it so now we get to talk about our alts for a couple minutes all right and then i get to do two accounts worth of territory battles <laughs> <laughs> oh uh all right so we both have alt mine is sitting at an ungodly i think 6.5 or 6.6 right now um yours is what probably 4.2 4.3 now yeah 4.3 actually getting close to 4.4 i have to i'm budgeting my gp so i can have one more season after this in division two yeah <clears throat> and then i have a baby one at 800k right uh 
<laughs> you do. You do have two alts right now. So, uh, how'd you do on your four point two or four point three million alt? Um, so it was pretty good. I let's see. One of one of them was actually pretty. The first one was auto deploy. So I, I got a I got a really efficient clear there. Actually, I, I I know that eventually auto deploy becomes a bugbear, but for for this GP level and the the matchups that I get, it just wasn't an issue. Um, the second match was the guy placed like a ton of really strong things on defense. I I don't know what his deal was. He just uh, wanted to not clear me, so that's what he did. He got cleared efficiently, and like I I did pretty well actually. And then he tried to clear me and just uh, couldn't. Actually, he's the first guy to clear my fleet zone uh, for a really long time. In fact, for for like months on that account. So kudos to him. Like he placed a ton of really strong teams on defense, except for his fleet. And so I ran through his fleet. I got like 65 and 66 or something like that on him. Um, but he cleared my fleet zone for inefficient banners, I think, but, and then he couldn't, yeah, I just, he tried twice on my bottom zone on the two squads there and couldn't scratch it. So, uh, did well there. And then the third one, third one, I, uh, I stumbled right out the gate. I, I failed one. I timed out against a Padme squad with my just totally under-geared, under-relict uh, CLS team. I ended up <laughs> killing Padme and Jedi Knight Anakin and 3PO. But then I just, if I had had 10 seconds more, I would have been able to clear the other, like Anakin and Ahsoka, uh, but I couldn't. Otherwise, it was a pretty efficient, decent clear. Um, so yeah three wins and now I'm at 98 consecutive. So this coming week I could potentially get to a hundred consecutive wins on that account, which would just be fantastic. That would be truly amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a strong ish start. I don't, I don't think I got high enough banners. I, I just think I'm not in contention for the top spot, but you never know. I might be able to rally. Uh, hopefully I can get top 10 though is my goal once again. Yeah. So uh, how did you do on your alt solo? Uh, so I went 3-0 this week. Uh, this is the first week that I have two Galactic Legends on my alt. I unlocked Jedi Master Luke. I don't have the ultimate on him yet. But um, I went up against people that insisted on placing their Galactic Legends on defense. And so... I just cleared them and they couldn't clear me. <laughs> like that's, that's what it came down to. Um, they struggled to beat my galactic legends with theirs on defense. Cause I know how to place a Ray that can't be Vader um, or can't be Vader easily. I should say. Uh, so I, it was an easy week, <laughs> honestly, like there's, there really is nothing, nothing much to talk about. Um, so you have a brand new baby to Grand Arena. How, other than the Trapped in Carbonite title, this is your first full <laughs> Grand yep. Arena with him. Uh, how did Prevail Man do this week? Prevail Man is, he, he did well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, it's a really interesting thing. So he's Division 10. And uh, so you get like 370 banners for deploying. And then... Uh, you know, about the same for clearing. And so you, you have these really low scores, but then you have feats. 
that are worth the exact same as they normally are. And so feats are actually way more impactful in division 10 than they are in like division two, where you have to clear more and deploy more. So uh, try and what I'm right now on that account, I'm actually farming Jawas for a minute. I'm trying to unlock them <laughs> so that I can actually get a feat with using Jawa, like just level one. But then if they can piggyback alongside uh, Bastila and Ezra, that's great. So the first two matches, I uh, got a full clear. Uh, it was relatively simple, though it's it's scary, man. Uh, you, you have like no margin for error. If you fail once, you're probably just sunk at getting a full clear. So uh, my third match, I did struggle a little. Uh, my opponent just placed his two best teams, and I, I just couldn't quite crack one of them. And so um, I ended up clearing half the board and I couldn't, he couldn't, he didn't even, he tried, he couldn't even scratch the paint on my defense because he, he just placed everything he had. And at that GP level, that's literally all, all you have available is just like right. one or two squads. So I almost, almost got through that top squad. You guys, you guys can see the video if you want, but um, yeah, so three wins, strong ish start. I, I, my finals were a little sad, but um, you know, it was still good. Still good. So that's yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So we are almost done. And we're not too far over. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So we sort of talked about what we do in general between weeks, but we kind of get ready for Grand Arena every week. Uh, what did you do this week to prepare for Grand Arena? Um, so let's see, I honestly, I've just been working on, uh, stuff to get stuff to get ready for the Mando stuff. Um, you know, they, they mostly have announced that. I think they announced all this stuff like, um, early last week. I, I don't know. So yeah, let's see. I have IG 11 at gear 11. Quill is, uh, getting close to gear nine. So yay. Um, <laughs> and then Cara Dune, I, I think I will have her at Relic something by the start of GA Lock. Um, I just realized I want Ayla Secura actually at gear 13 if I can. So, and I'm actually really close to that. Uh, so that might happen. And the Sith Eternal Emperor will tonight become ultimate. Uh, and then I can stop killing myself on that farm. So that's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's actually been a fairly productive week for me. Uh, what about you, Solo? It's been a pretty productive week for me, too. Before they announced the requirements for Mando, I was working on uh, Cassian, getting him to G13 to really strengthen my Mon Mothma squad. I wasn't able to do it before last week, but I was able to get Cassian G13 this week. I used him in territory battles for easy four for four on that Mon Mothma squad. And he is going to be on my Mon Mothma squad next week. Um, I then I have, so obviously my Quill and IG 11 are still, what is it? Whatever star level they are. That's not seven star. Um, I have all the gear to get them to gear 12. And I have their finishers finished to get them to gear 13. I don't have all the gear 12 gear yet because they require so many furnaces. I'm so sick of uh, farming furnaces. But uh, 
So they are ready to at least go to gear 12 once I get them farmed. And then I needed to R5 both Rex and Watt because of this stupid raid. And so that got done between phases <laughs> of the raid on Saturday. Um, that wasn't necessarily for Grand Arena, but an R5 Watt isn't going to kill me. Um and same thing with Rex. It's not what I wanted to do, but it's what had to happen. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're just like, really? Okay. Yeah, but I'm very glad that... So I was able to get 12 million in the raid. I didn't need to get Zombie up to R5. I, I didn't need to touch Jawas. They're still sitting at gear 8 on my roster, like... You know, the the first teams came out. These are the good raid teams. And I sat there, I don't want to do this to my roster. Don't make <laughs> me do this. And then then the next set of teams came out. I was like, oh, I just have to get Rex R5 and Watt. To, okay, I, I can deal with those two <laughs> going right. to R5. Like, uh, not relicking Jawas. I'm not relicking Jawas ever. Uh, or at least I hope. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is... That's that, that's the show. There was a lot going on this week, Oof. and I assume next week there is going to be a lot going on as well because we will have Beskar Mando to play with. Or, well, we might not, but people will have Beskar Mando to play with. Um, and there's, you know... Uh, yeah, so why don't we call it a day at two and a half hours um, all right <laughs> yeah yeah um come join us on our discord server if you guys want to come hang out there's all sorts of cool stuff lots of good gac discussion if you want to find that just look at <clears throat> search for my youtube channel on youtube or solos in the video descriptions you'll find the link um or if you're just looking on spotify or on the libsyn uh app or uh, if you're actually watching live, you can just click on Discord if you scroll down just a little bit. Um, if you search for our pages, or if you search for our channels on YouTube, uh, just search for SoloBase15, S-O-L-O-B-A-S-S-1-5, all is one word, or you can search for Zareth, X-A-E-R-E-T-H, and you'll find our channels on Twitch. We do stream uh, every Friday we stream on this channel and we usually have a guest. Uh, we do our GACs live and then we do our individual channels on the first and third matches. Um, so search, once again, search for SoloBase15 on Twitch and search for me, Zareth, uh, X-A-E-R-E-T-H underscore prevails to catch me live on Twitch. So lots of cool stuff going on. Honestly, the the Discord server is the the biggest thing like the people there are going to help you out uh, if you need it uh, just great great very knowledgeable uh, people hanging out there lots of people who have won their entire division multiple times uh, not just division like nine like relevant uh, high level divisions people who are placing top 50 top 10 consistently um, it's I, I don't know I, I don't want to like overemphasize how cool it is like I I obviously could because I'm biased, but I do feel like it's one of the best places you could go for Grand Arena specifically. Like, yes. and and we're getting a lot of people. Like, it's there's a lot of traffic. I I really think people would benefit from it. So, 
So yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. With that said, guys, um, it is time to call it a night. Thank you, everybody that joined us in chat. Thank you for um, being here and supporting us. Thank you to everybody listening at home. We will see you. And yeah, we'll see you next week for the podcast and on Friday for Fight Night Fun. With that said, uh, remember, evil sucks. And don't be a dick. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good one.